Good evening, everyone. I hope you've had a blessed day today. Uh, I thank you for all the cards and text messages and all the words of encouragement that so many of you sent Becky and me. We completed 46 years of blessed marriage yesterday, and we celebrated it in an interesting way. You know, there's a lot of strife and conflict in, in this world, but uh, I have a nephew who married a Russian lady about 10 years ago, and they live in Atlanta and work in computers and all this stuff. But uh, she's still a Russian citizen, and she sends her income taxes to Russia. And she feels so bad about the war in the Ukraine that she, uh, through the American government, was able to sponsor a lady from the Ukraine to come and live with them for two years to get out of that. And uh, so they spent the night with us last night, and uh, we had long talks, and it was very interesting. But you know, it shows that people can get along if we really try and uh, do what God wants. So. Anyway, thank you so much for your words of encouragement. Uh, I want to welcome you if you're visiting with us. Uh, my good friend Paul is here with us, Paul Blackard, and maybe there are others visiting I haven't seen. I see some people maybe in the back there. And so thank you for being here with us, and if we can help you in any way, we'd like to uh, be of service. We, we, whatever you might need, we're here to help, and above all, we want to help you to come to know God if you're not a Christian, and uh, just... Be successful in your spiritual journey to heaven. Okay, uh, tonight uh, I want to talk a, about a little bit about our trip uh, to Brazil. We typically go twice a year to Brazil uh, on short-term mission trips. For some of you who don't know, Becky and I lived in Brazil, worked there for 32 years. But the last 11 years that we've been back here in the United States, we go back and forth for short-term mission trips twice a year. And uh, so this past June, then, we were blessed with your support and your prayers uh, to, to spend some time in Belo Horizonte, Brazil. And you can see it's not only south, but it's east. There's a two-hour, sometimes three-hour difference in the time zones there. Uh, on this trip, I took seven people, besides Becky, we took seven people with us, six from the Tennessee Children's Home, uh, the president, Brian King, and uh, the president of the board and some other directors of the West Campus and the East Campus. And uh, they helped us 15 years ago begin a children's home in Brazil. Uh, they, they sponsored the purchasing of the property and the building of our homes. And uh, they've been a blessing there. And so they wanted to go back and see how things were going and offer any other services that they might. Now you can see in the background, Belo Horizonte is a large city. That's just the downtown area. Uh, it's about six million people, the metropolitan area there. And uh, houses are so close together. Our house, living room wall, used to touch our neighbor's bedroom wall. It was no airspace between. In my backyard, I bragged about how big my backyard was. It was 36 feet by 36 feet. I had the biggest one in my neighborhood, so I was proud of that, you know. But uh, it's real crowded. There's people everywhere. Most people go by bus or train, but you think they go by car because in a two-lane there, there's about four cars across. And, uh, and some of the roads are so bumpy, my fitness tracker thought I was out jogging when I was just driving. So, but the people are great, the climate, the food's great. And uh, so they went with us there. Now, the man on the right, far right there, is Andy Baker, and he's the president of World Christian Broadcasting here. He's spoken here in our summer series last year. Uh, Andy, uh, World Christian Broadcasting uh, started out 40 years ago. They built a shortwave tower in Alaska, 
and uh, about four or five years ago, then they began uh, an another tower in Madagascar in Africa. So now we cover the world with Church of Christ uh, programs, Bible programs, and uh, people, we get into countries that we could never get into otherwise, like North Korea. We have eight languages, uh, Korean and, and uh, Chinese and uh, oh, Portuguese and Spanish and uh, Arabic and so uh, they're just great programs. So Andy came to see, uh, we helped him start that program about four or five years ago. And so Andy had never been there. And so he came to meet the team of Brazilians that produce those programs. Here's an arrow I pointed to, to the, the building of the downtown church building in, uh, in Belo Horizonte. And you can see it's very centrally located. It was a hand of God to get us that building and all the buses come downtown and the trains and everything and that's right in the heart of the city there so it's, it's really blessed to have here's a front view a little bit lower you can see the church building there with some of the christians out front of there um, <clears throat> when we arrived it, it took us about 24 hours to make the trip and i rarely sleep much on a plane so i was real tired you're tired anyway even if you can't sleep but uh the church in the city about an hour outside of bello had this big uh festivity uh, and wanted me to be the speaker had been for months and I said well I'll try to make it but I can't guarantee the rest of the people that went with me so nobody else could <laughs> they all went to bed early but I went out there and and you can tell you can see a fire burning there and people have coats on because there's no heating or air conditioning in the homes and so in the winter time it can get down in the low 50s or upper 40s so people are pretty wrapped up but but it was a great group of Christians there just so proud of them they're just they're, they're very poor, but they're just excited about their faith and, and focused on, on what God wants. So that was the first night there. Uh, then the next night on Sunday, or next day Sunday, Andy Baker uh, spoke and I translated for him. And uh, he talked about uh, you know, the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. And it was a, 30 people came forward that morning. It was a great blessing. Uh, beginning in October of this year, uh, we're partnering with Bear Valley. Uh, and they're going to be, we've had leadership training for years and, and since the 80s in Belo Horizonte, but uh, kind of a new phase of our leadership training. We're going to partner with Bear Valley, and uh, so uh, we might be praying for that. I had uh, the, the leaders, people, the directors over that, and their families come up, and we had a prayer for them, uh, asking God's blessing on this new venture. You can see Alex Girodo and his wife, Ana Luisa, and uh, their three little girls there on the, and Alex is the director of the, of the Bear Valley uh, Brazil pro, pro, uh, program now. And then uh, Sunday afternoon, we met with the team of Brazilians, uh, Andy and I, and, uh, and the team of Brazilians that produce the Brazilian programs that go out uh, all actually to 10 countries in the world. It's not just Brazil that speaks Portuguese and, and Portugal, but there are two countries in, uh, in Asia, four in Africa, and uh, of course, Europe and things. Uh, then uh, we celebrated 15 years of the children's home. Over 400 children have been served. That's children from zero to seven years old. Uh, the babies are adopted very easily. Uh, they're actually a line of people wanting babies. But once they get two or three years old, then people start slowing down, especially if they have any uh, physical or mental challenges. Uh, but usually by the time the child's seven years old, they've been adopted. But uh, here's a few pictures of some of the kids. And I put the Santa Claus on there because it's kind of caught me by surprise. This is Todd Johnston. He's the director of the West Campus there. He's about six foot four, about 400 pounds. 
Uh, I had to get him two seats there on the plane. Uh, it, actually, the other guy, American, went with him. I, didn't, I had never met him before, so I didn't know how large they were. So I had two of those guys, two big guys, 350, 400 pounds, sitting beside the two chairs. And so I called the, one of the stewards over, and they got them separate, both two chairs. But anyway, Todd's a big guy. And so the kids come up to me, goes, where's Santa's red clothes? <laughs> Caught me by surprise. I said, well, it's kind of hot. <laughs> um, but this is awesome here. Sue Smith, many of you know, she made, made, not bought, she made 42 dresses, beautiful dresses, not just dresses, beautiful dresses for the girls there at the Children's Home and, and, and pants for the boys and shorts and things. But I just, I just think that's just so awesome, you know. And like I say, we can't show a lot of pictures of the kids. We're really not, you know, but here's one of the dresses the little girl had on, and she was just so happy with it, you know. And just So people can help in, in lots of different ways and use your gifts and talents. Uh, somebody sent a lot of little ball caps we were able to give to the kids, and the boys really liked that. Uh, a lot of the Brazilians would have us in their homes, Gilson and Claudia Avelar, and their daughter Natalia had us over for dinner. Uh, here we are at, in another city outside of Belo, about an hour outside of Belo, it's where the Fiat Motor Corporation is, is made, but there's a great congregation there. And we went there on Tuesday morning, they're having leadership training there, uh, and people and so uh, spoke to them there. Uh, it's a great church. Uh, in the evenings, we went to different congregations. This is in Ribeirão das Neves, another city about an hour outside of Belo, very poor area also. Uh, but they're just a great bunch of Christians there, and you see them, they're all wrapped up in their, uh, you know, sweaters and things with, with the people that we brought, and they made a, a big reception. This is the poorest area of all. It's where all the prisons are, and they made manioc stew for us and rice, and uh, just we had a, a great meal afterwards. And then we have Bible study groups in the homes, and, uh, and then uh, this is the last Sunday I was there that I preached to the, the downtown church there. And uh, I want to tell you about this young man here, Ademan Araujo. He's not young anymore. He was about 11 years old here in 1990. Actually, I've studied and baptized most of his family in the early 80s, but he was only about four years old at the time. But when he became uh, 11 years old, I baptized, had the privilege of baptizing in Christ. Uh, many years I held a Bible study group into his home, which became a, a congregation. And uh, so just a great, great young man. And he grew up uh, and uh, performed his wedding in 2009, the Poliani. And, uh, but he uh, now, uh, he also works with computers with a Brazilian company. And uh, he was transferred to Portugal uh, a couple years ago. So here he is today with his two children now and his wife in Portugal. And uh, so they're there actively helping the church in Lisbon, Portugal, which is, is a really neat thing. He says the church is small and it's struggling. And so uh, they've been asking us to come for some time. So we plan to go there uh, in September and spend a week with the church there in uh, Lisbon, Portugal. We'll ask you to be praying for that. And then from there, uh, we'll fly back to Brazil uh, where we have a wedding. 
uh, to perform there. And then also, Brad Harib is going to go with us and teach a leadership training course on Christian evidences, and I'll translate for him there. So be praying about our next trip, and I, th I think it would be very uh, productive. Okay, also pray for the Highland Heights Costa Rica uh, mission team, okay? And they're going to be gone Thursday through the 29th, and uh, you can see uh, they're all 18 in that picture there. So, some good-looking bunch, I tell you what. Um, but I want to I share with you all a few, some advice for the team, and not just for the team, but for all of us as Christians. Uh, I had the privilege of not only have, studying uh, theology and Bible at Fried Hardeman, but I studied in a master's program about missions, uh, two-year program, and before we went to Brazil in 78, 79, and it really helped prepare us because probably if I not had that preparation, I wouldn't have stayed for about four or five years maybe. You would have gotten probably frustrated and gone home because it's, it's complicated. Working in the kingdom is not easy anywhere, but when you start going into a different culture, a different world, uh, there's a lot of things can get complicated pretty fast. So I want to share some advice for our team, but like I say, it's for everybody as Christians. If you're, uh, as Christians, we're all missionaries. We're, we're all out. Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And, and so uh, the first thing then is don't put any unnecessary obstacles in people's paths. <laughs> uh, you know, there's some things if we don't understand other people's cultures, for example, uh, when I f first went to Brazil, uh, I had lived there as a year of, uh, for a year as an exchange student, but at the time I wasn't a Christian, so when I went back as a Christian, I wanted to spend at least six months with a, a congregation there to kind of get the feel of, of, of the way Brazilians did things in, in church and whatnot. So the first time I went there, um, the missionary had, was there before me. He had, his wife had passed away there. She got sick, and, and so he had left right before I, I arrived. So that's why I went to that congregation to help. But, um, so I got there, and uh, the, the young man that was preaching preached for 45 minutes on the sin of coming late to church. Well, Brazil? I watched the, the, next, the next service we had, and he came late to church. But no Brazilian would ever come on time to church. We sing for 45 minutes because people are still getting, it's just their culture, but they're not in any hurry to leave either. So why would, you, why would you put, so obviously that young man heard that from somebody, but it wasn't from a Brazilian, I'm sure. So sometimes we can put unnecessary obstacles in, in people's way that really doesn't help them. The Apostle Paul talks about that. Turn with me into 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 19. First Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 19. Paul writes, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews... I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not my, being myself under the law. Now, Paul was, was a Jew, but as a Jew, Jewish Christian, he realized that he was no longer under the law of Moses. 
but he's still going to respect Jewish traditions and Jewish customs. It's not wrong. If you don't want to work on Saturday, that's fine. If you do that for the Lord, Romans 14 says, that's fine. But you can't make that a, a commandment from God or a test of fellowship. Uh, but, but, but he said, as a Jew, I, be, I became and lived like a Jew. And then he says, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law. Not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. So... Uh, Maybe if you're with Gentiles, it's okay to, to, to have some barbecue. <laughs> or, you, you know, he, he's just saying don't put any unnecessary obstacles in, in the way of people's faith. And then he says, uh, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. And, and sometimes if we're not careful when we're trying to help people to, to know Christ, to come to Christ, we can kind of come across like we're so superior or so righteous or so religious and holier than thou. It's kind of creepy for some people that are not used to all that. So we have to be careful and, and we need to share about our, our, our weaknesses and our, and our struggles as well. And I think we do a pretty good job of that here at the church here. I think we all know, realize that we're sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, but we still have to be careful when we help and talk with people that are they're not used to, to, to talking about God and reading the Bible. So Paul says, uh, I became, to the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. And he says, I've become all things to all people. By all means, I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. So when you go to another culture, um, in Brazil, you don't eat pizza with your hands. People would be shocked. You eat, use a knife and a fork. But a good American say, I'm not going to do that. I'm an American. We can eat, we eat pizza with our hands. Well, you can do that, but it's going to just be strange and odd and crude. And, or, or fill up a coffee cup to the, to the top, a big cup of coffee. Brazilians would go, what? They would just be kind of grossed out. Like you can, you, No matter how big your cup is, you only put about a third of your cup in. You can go back as many times as you want, but you don't feel it. It's just not... It's like putting your shoes, dirty shoes, on somebody's coffee table. I'm just, I can just go on and on about little things that, if we're not careful, can become obstacles. And so um, just remember that not only when you do mission work, foreign mission work, but uh, just as Christians in general. Okay, the second uh, piece of advice I have here. Whoops, went the wrong way. Okay, got it. Don't get overwhelmed at how much there is whoops, to do and how inadequate we are. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It, when, if you're really concerned about saving souls and you start looking around you and see how many people are lost, how many people need Jesus, it's pretty overwhelming. And when you really examine yourself and see your inadequacies and how you yourself struggle and, and where do I start and how do I help this person, we can kind of become overwhelmed. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning of verse 5, the Apostle Paul writes, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord is assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So uh, we just need to be faithful. You go out and teach and preach, 
uh, we pray about it. Look over in Colossians chapter 4. Let's read verses 2 through 4. Colossians uh, chapter 4. The Apostle Paul, this, is, this isn't just a, a new Christian, but this is the Apostle Paul who's uh, been baptized with the Spirit of God. And uh, he still writes in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, he says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us. Paul's asking for prayer. Why, Paul? He says that God may open a door to us open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. So pray about opportunities. Uh, this, this couple that I was sharing with, my nephew and his wife in Russia, they're not Christians. But we're making our praying that God will open a door. And, and uh, every time they come, they, they live in Atlanta. His mother and sister live in Chicago. Whenever they come through, they spend the night with us. So each time we're able to talk more and and, and uh, they seem to be showing more interest. And, and uh, so just pray for an open door. And then he says, verse 4, that we should pray that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. You know, so be careful with maybe the religious jargon, things that we understand, we know what it means, but maybe they don't. And uh, ask God, and especially if you're doing foreign missions, <laughs> pray about your language skills. Pray that God will help you understand, grow more, and uh, be able to, to learn more quickly uh, the language you want to talk to. And then, oh, I'm going the wrong way here. Okay. Other Christians, number three, other Christians can be one of your biggest difficulties. It's like, what? Wait, what? On a, on a mission team, your colleagues can be one of your greatest difficulties? That doesn't make sense. They should be your greatest allies. Well, they are, but they're still people. And in Acts chapter 15, you see the Apostle Paul and, and, and Barnabas in verse 35 through 41, they want to go back and revisit the, the cities where they were on their first missionary journey. And Barnabas wants to take his cousin Mark. But Paul says, no way, Jose. I don't think he spoke Spanish, but if he did, he'd say, no way, Jose. Because John Mark kind of didn't, he didn't make it through the first missionary trip. He went back home to Mama. He, we don't know why, all the details, you know. It's not easy. You get out of your comfort zone. You maybe it's not... You know, there's flies and there's bugs and just, I don't know, scary and I've never been away from home. I don't know what, but, but he didn't make it. So he went back. And so on the second trip, Paul wants to take, or Barnabas wants to take John with him. And Paul says, no, 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 we can't do that. You know, remember what Jesus said? If anybody, you know, takes their hand off the plow and looks back, they're not worthy of me. Well, I don't, he's, he's not going to go. This is not going to be good. And Barnabas is the great encourager. And he's thinking, no, but... He's had that traumatic experience, and he needs to get back up on the horse, back in the saddle, and, and, you know, this will be good for him. Well, in the end, the Bible says their contention, their argument, their disagreement about method was so great that they decided to split up, this great team, Paul and Barnabas. And so it'll happen. I, I did a, a, a research paper when I was studying missions, and uh, I, I researched what's the greatest problem that missionaries encounter in their mission work. And the number one problem overwhelmingly was other missionaries. <laughs> so I'm just saying that don't get discouraged. It's, it's going to happen. And Satan will try to, you know, you all that are going on this trip, you're going to be night and day together. You're going to be tired. You're going to get there tired, worn out, uh, dehydrated. Some of you will get sick, diarrhea. Some of 
you're gonna, your stomach's gonna be upset. It's gonna happen. And uh, hang in there. Support one another. It's when, when we show our true colors. In John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said that the world will know that we're his followers by the love we have for one another. So now's the time to show those Christians in, uh, in, in Costa Rica what Christians do. What they, you know, they're going to look up to you like these people came out of heaven. You know, we don't realize this, but the world looks up to us. And they look at what we do. And, and it's the same way uh, the Brazilian Christians, I know, think, you know, when the elders, we had never had an elder before. When the elders first came, started coming from the Henderson Church to visit, people just almost wanted to touch them. <laughs> So don't let Satan uh, get the upper hand in there. Just take, it, take advantage of it and, and bless the last. And last of all, keep God at the center of your life. I want to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Paul tells Timothy, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. You know, uh, Unfortunately, I've seen missionaries get so involved in their work, they forget about their own spiritual lives. They get weak. I've seen them lose families. I've seen them fall from the faith. It's like, what? But it happens. And I think that's what it is. They get so involved in helping others, they forget to help themselves. And it can happen here. It's not just on the mission field. Any Christian. Uh, if you've ever flown, something they always say and the lack of oxygen, these masks will fall from the ceiling, and you put them on yourself, and, and then, then you help, you know, you're supposed to put them on yourself and then help somebody, whether children, because if you pass out, who's going to help the children? So you need to put it on yourself first. So if you fall from the faith, if you get weak spiritually, you're not going to help anybody anyway. And so God's going to judge us and our relationship uh, with, with Him and, and, and not how many baptisms maybe we had or how many churches we built. Okay, I want to close by reading one more time what Jacob read, Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing our lives so much. We live in the greatest country in the world, and, and yet we're not as grateful as we should be, Father. We ask you to forgive us, Father, for not being more appreciative and, and even more zealous, Father, for your name. And, and and more excited about sharing the good news with, with those around us. And, and, and Father, we do live in a dark world, but help us to shine as lights even brighter. The, the darker this world gets, Father, we pray that you help us to shine ever more brighter. And please bless, Father, our team that are going to Costa Rica. Uh, give them not only physical protection, emotional protection, and spiritual protection, Father. Uh, we pray, Father, that they'll glorify your name. There'll be an encouragement to the Christians in Costa Rica. We'll encourage them to go on and, and, and to live a life uh, solely dedicated to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you have any need, we ask you to come now as together we stand and sing.